Hi, everyone, and welcome to Signature West Podcast. I'm your host, Sam West from Palm Springs, California. My guest today, Will Hodges, was watching a documentary recently, and I quote, it left him haunted. It also compelled them to take actions toward a great cause. Those actions compelled others, including myself, to take actions as well. So let's find out what was the documentary all about, what actions Will took, and where is he at now? Hi, Will. Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm well in yourself. I'm very well. So let's get to it, shall we? So a few weeks ago, you posted on social media that you were watching this documentary, and I'll let you explain what it is and the name, and it left you haunted. Um, and I think I, and I, you said haunted, and I need to do more. I think I replied to you, we all should do more, but I wasn't even clear to what you were watching. So what were you watching and why did it leave you haunted? That's a great story. I was watching a documentary on HBO called Welcome to Chechnya. And I hope I'm saying that right. It is a small country section of Russia near the southwest part of the country is Muslim in origin. And the documentary was covering the treatment of gay people in that part of Russia. And we already know that Russia itself doesn't have a great record on gay rights and gay equality. However, this province of Russia is particularly bad. Um, the person who runs that region has systematically hunted and rounded up and killed gay people. So the documentary went through uh, different people. It was people. dark. It was very dark. It was very dark. It was, Sounds yeah. dark. Okay. So yeah. is that why you felt haunted from the darkness of it or from the message behind it? I would probably have to say both. Um, you know, we're quite privileged to live here in the U.S. with uh, quite a bit of rice. And even though at times it doesn't feel like we have equality, especially with the current administration, uh, this just sort of opened my eyes to just how bad it is in other parts of the world. And, uh, you know, just day-to-day -day imagining what it might be like to right. just be hunted just because of your... Uh, orientation. So you're pretty busy helping people like your mom, uh, which is pretty full, I want to say a full job, but you know, it's a lot and you help other friends as well. So what made you feel or, or the need to also get involved and take action for something that's also going to require time and energy? Well, you know, just trying to follow along the documentary, it, it was just horrifying. They, they followed the case of a, a young man and his partner, uh, not much over 20 years of age. And um, the efforts the organizations, the local group did, which often are underground to try to get him out. And I, I just couldn't walk away and just uh, do nothing about it. And while I can't solve that problem, right. you know, the actions of one person alone, but you know, it's just every little bit one person does can make a difference. And so right. it, it's just stuck with me for a while. 
Well, it wasn't yeah, that long yeah. of a while because it was shortly after that he did, he did something. Yes. Um, I was on Facebook and I happened to see a posting for a local group. It's sort of an informal group called Desert Asylum Seeker Support Group. And they were reaching out for help. Um, they had some asylum seekers that were stuck in detention camps down by the border. And they were looking for sponsors to potentially host them in their home while they go through the asylum seeker process. Many people don't know, but typically if you show up at the border and you're requesting asylum, prior to this administration, you're allowed into the country and typically you received a court date and you had to show up and go through the process of proving that you're eligible for asylum. Right. But the current administration has made that process a lot more difficult and requiring people to wait on the other side of the border in Mexico typically right. while the process uh, goes through. So I saw that and I thought, oh, Wow. So you saw so you saw that without having it wasn't related to the documentary, but yet it was related. It was in the same right. topic. Isn't it interesting how life works? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You know, I everything happens for a reason. A reason. And right. I thought, you know, uh, and it of course being closely related, it pulled me in and I, right. I reached out to the uh, person behind the group, and I just asked a little bit about the process. Right. Um, I have a little extra room in my home. I have a guest room that I'm not really using all that often, especially with COVID. Right. And I started the process of thinking, is this something I could even do? And so I reached out. I asked a lot of questions uh, of the people who run the group, and it turned out that even uh, faster than that, someone else had sponsored the person in question, but I still wanted to do something. And so they gave me a couple of things I could do to get involved and to help out. And what was that? What were the things they gave you? What were the options? Right. So they said, you know, even though uh, the person had to sponsor already, um, you can still, you know, meet the person, take them out, go shopping, um, just, uh, you know, help them feel welcome in the country. And so that's exactly what I did. So you, also, you, you wanted to be a sponsor, but there wasn't availability for the position. You can still help out. Exactly. You okay. don't have to, you know, sponsor. Being, you know, being a sponsor is a great Big responsibility. You have, yeah. to, you have to fill out a lot of paperwork. You have to get approved by the government, et cetera, et cetera. But there's many other things that can be done. And okay. so I put out a post on Facebook and I said, hey, you know, I'm going to take this asylum seeker from Russia out shopping and I'm putting in a couple hundred dollars of my own money. If anybody else wants to contribute and help welcome this person, etc., you know, just uh, how much was the campaign for? Um, so I, I originally just set a $500 goal and I thought, you know, no, no, I'm, I have generous friends. I'm sure I can make that $500, no problem. And so within 24 hours, I had um, $1,800. And so I said, wow, this is a lot of money for one person, way beyond what I was expecting. Of course, I love all my friends for being so generous. 
Um, so I, I just turned off the fundraiser because I had more than enough. And I told the group, doesn't, I'm sorry, Desert Asylum Seeker Support Group, doesn't quite run off my mouth like right. I would like it to. But I said, you know, I have all this and, uh, you know, my friends are generous. They've reached out. I've gotten two laptops. I've gotten some clothes, et cetera. Um, this is a lot for one person. And he said, well, there's this other person that's uh, in the area as well. You know, you can help them both if you like. And I said, absolutely. So, uh, so you there, went in for I mean, one, you got two. Yeah. Yeah. Two for the price of one. <laughs> so, yeah, so I just, you know, and, and it was great because the person that I was originally going to help had just um, arrived in the Palm Springs area from being in Tijuana on the other side of the border for seven months in a detention uh, setting down there. And he had just been in the area like two days and he had made contact with the uh, other person in the area from Russia. And they obviously having the language in common had, you know, become really good friends already. So it was, uh, you know, a great fit. And, and you're speaking uh, so Russian, I'm assuming? I have no, no knowledge of Russian, but, okay. uh, you know, they, uh, one of them has been here for a couple months already and had a little bit of English on his belt. And strangely enough, the other one being in Mexico for seven months had picked up quite a bit of Spanish. And since I know enough Spanish to get by, we were able to communicate with that. Right. But we also use the translator app on the iPhone or the Android. And um, that worked out really well too. You just speak into it and it converts, it puts the text on the screen and it speaks it out to the other person. And right. you just go back and forth that way. It's almost real time. So now you have two strangers you know, and they're young men, they're not children, and you know, they're, they're a good age. How, what was the day like trying to, so, to communicate and yeah. stop and, and all that good stuff? Right, so one is in his early 20s and the other is in his late 30s. And so I picked them both up um, and let's see, we went out to lunch first. So we went to a local restaurant that had outdoor dining. What was that like? Uh, it was great. Uh, you know, they both were uh, just so happy to be in the U.S. And um, you know, I mean, did they, did they order the most expensive thing in the menu? Did they order just a piece of bread? Were they shy? Were they starving? Right. Uh, no, they're not starving. Believe me, they are enjoying all our food here. Uh, they uh, you know, probably mid-price item on the menu. One got a, you know, a, a big salad and the other got, um, I think it was a burger and a milkshake. So they were uh, very uh, mindful. Oh yeah, of course. And that even showed up more so when we went actually shopping for clothes. Oh. We went to Target. Yeah, so we went to Target and I said, you know, hey, uh, my friends have been really generous and they've donated for a shopping. Uh, I didn't use the word spree, but like a trip. Right. I said, you know, if you there's anything in here that you know speaks to you, if you need clothes, if you need headphones, if you need electronics, if you need books, whatever it is, uh, you know, don't worry about it. And it was a little bit like pulling teeth uh, to get them to buy anything. So you know, they 
keep in mind they both left their home countries with probably no more than what you can fit into a large gym bag. Wow. And so, yeah, so, you know, they both, and it's just a, a very different mindset, but they both felt like the three or four pairs of underwear they already had was more than enough. And uh, it, it was kind of interesting. I had to really push. Yes, you can get a little bit more than that. And so, you know, slowly we ended up with a couple items in the shopping cart. But, you know, it's just also that, uh, you know, the, the stores are very different here. And so it, it felt like it was probably a little bit overwhelming um, to just, you know, see everything that they could choose from. But uh, it, was, it was fun. We had a lot of fun. Amazing. And how did the day end? So let's see, we went shopping. Um, I took them back to my place and we ate outside something for dinner and I have a little side yard and we played the game of Italian game of bocce where you're basically throwing balls and throwing more balls to try to reach the ball that you just threw. And uh, so, you know, all in all, I think we were together maybe 10 hours and then I took them back to their respective sponsor home to the end of the day. So how did it feel after the day was over for you? It was great. I, you know, it's going to sound cliche, but to give is better than to receive. So it, okay. it was just really good. It wasn't a one-time thing. I've uh, interacted with them several times since. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So at the end of the day, um, let's see, I gave them both a prepaid MasterCard with a little bit of money on it just so that they felt like they had some sort of, you yes. know, spending money on their own so they could spend quietly and with, you know, privacy. Right. Um, and so, and then um, since then, I've uh, seen one of them uh, twice and the other one uh, once. And, um, you know, we've just had, we've gone out to eat. We've just... Uh, hung out a little bit. Um, I hosted one of them for a long weekend so that the sponsors could have, it's a nice couple and they could have a little time to themselves. Right. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's not a one shot deal. Of course, you know, they sometimes will stay in this area while their paperwork goes through. Sometimes they move around to, you know, other areas as the process takes them. So, you know, it's, Potentially, uh, there will be some more visits with them, so it'll be great. Do you ever want to become a sponsor and go through the whole process of actually becoming a sponsor? You know, I think I do because, first of all, it's, you know, with COVID and et cetera, we're not really in a normal routine. So right. I think uh, I'm always open for doing something different. Right. Um, you know, I... My mom was always very involved in uh, community events and reaching out and helping others, even as we didn't have much ourselves. Uh, so, you know, I think it's kind of ingrained into me to help others. Um, right. You know, I think I'm always open for a new experience. And, you know, the, the thing about being a sponsor is typically you're providing room and board and meals. Um, the, the medical and the other things are, you know, handled by other groups. So it's really 
um, there is some commitment there and there's a little bit of a financial angle to it. But the most important thing is just being there and helping them and supporting them. They have court dates that they have to get to the court and they have, uh, you know, obviously they have to stay out of trouble and all that stuff. So, yeah, I'm happy. But on the other hand, these are, yes, I was just going to say, on the other hand, these are adults and, you know, they are ultimately responsible for themselves. So it's not like you're babysitting, but you have to, you know, you're the expert in the U.S. And but they are in a foreign land, you have to admit. They are adults, but they still kind of don't have the resources like it's, or, or the right, right, access right, to like right. you and I would. Yeah, so it's a little different even though they're adults, yes. Um, right, but, but you know, you have to understand too that they're here for a reason. They want to live in this country and obviously they're very motivated to do the right thing and to go right. through the process and get right. through to the other end. I'm having um, the boys that uh, run the Desert Asylum Seeker program in a few weeks on the show here. So we're going to hear more about the program and how the program runs and how it started. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, how can the listeners help with your camp? Is the campaign still going? Can I'm sure, you know, money's always right. in demand or regulations. Right. So how can they still, can people still help? And if they can, how? Sure. Um, so I mentioned I closed down the fundraiser after a day because I had more than enough to help the two. Um, I am collecting clothes and the organizations on the other side of the border that are suddenly having to deal with the humanitarian angle of having all the asylum seekers waited out on that side of the border instead of coming through the US like they normally would. Uh, they could use money and they could use uh, clothing and so forth. So I'm choosing to support them that way, collecting clothes. So, if, you know, I'm accepting donations that will be used for any other asylum seeker or the extras that don't fit will go across the border to groups down there. Um, so how can people a, reach out to you directly or do you have a, there's a campaign they can go to? How is this being done? Um, yeah, so I have an email that, you know, people could email me and um, it's uh, at email address will, W-I-L-L 90039 at gmail.com. Obviously, if you're in the Palm Springs area, I can coordinate, uh, you know, a pickup. But if you're outside the area, you know, you could consider just financially donating. There's a GoFundMe page up and it's called the house raising funds for LGBTQIA migrant house. And this is uh, up to try to rent permanently an apartment home in the area for asylum seekers. And, um, so, is, so, there's two, so, so there's two things that, that they can, they can they just want to be clear. There's the, uh, they can contact you uh, by email to donate uh, either financial or, or, or items that you can help give to the uh, seekers. And there's another way to help, which is another program that um, you just mentioned the name. Um, where there are building a uh, uh, funds can go toward an actual facility for the seekers to live there instead of being at, at, at people's uh, at, uh, sponsors. Is that correct? 
Uh, almost. So the email address I provided, will 900 at gmail.com. That's only to coordinate uh, clothing pickups in the pump range area. Right. I'm not taking any more uh, financial donation. Those I'm directing directly to the GoFund page for the house, raising funds for LGBTQIA migrant house. That is to actually rent an apartment. It's not to actually construct a building. It's just to rent an apartment and pay rent and provide ongoing financial support for a safe home in the Coachella Valley area. Got it. Got it. Has the apartment been um, uh, picked up yet or is that still premature? Yeah, it, no, it, it, it's still in the funding process. You know, okay. they want to, you know, be sure to collect Enough. sufficient amount of money so that it can keep it going. Uh, if people need the GoFundMe address and they can't find it based on the description, they can just email me and I'll forward a link to the page. That's amazing. Love that. This is a great story. I, um, I'm glad I, um, Got to hear it, um, and now I'm going to do the other show with the boys um, in two weeks, which it's going to be more of the background, how they started, and um, the mission, and um, the work that they do. Um, so we're going to hear more about that a couple of weeks. So uh, um, I think it's great. Um, one last question I want to ask you, which I always ask everybody in the end. Um, what did COVID teach you? What did COVID teach me? Mm -hmm. Not to take anything for granted. Uh, you know, if you asked me a year ago, if I thought this is what life would be like, I would have thought you were crazy out of your mind. I'm still crazy out of also, my mind. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, you know, I don't think anybody saw this on the bingo card, but you know, it's just, you know, we're a resilient people and just, as we're dealing with this current administration, we're dealing with this pandemic as well. And, you know, we will get through it. It sort of teaches us, you know, that we have to stop and check ourselves and recalibrate. And, you know, sometimes you have to know bad to know good. So yep. I think this is just causing a, a, the universe you know, I believe everything's intertwined and, you know, sometimes Mother Nature had to step in and slap us on the side of the head and just say, you know, hey. Slap us hard, 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 hard. Yeah, uh, it's just, you know, I'm fortunate that no one in my immediate family has been sick, but I do know quite a few and some unfortunately have passed away. So right. it's been a sober reality check for many of us. Well, I thank you so much for this information. I thank you for your time. Um, I hope the listeners um, learned something. I certainly have. Um, I'm all up for good causes. Um, so on that note, I thank you. And again, who's listening? If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. This is Sam West with Signature West Podcast from Palm Springs, California. Thank you again. My pleasure.